This is the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for hockey talk on every team in the NHL. The 55th Super Bowl is this weekend, 55, and a game this big deserves a big prize, not just some trophy. Don't worry, DraftKings, the official daily fantasy sports partner of Super Bowl 55, has up to $55 million in total prizes up for grabs with their Super Bowl prediction pool. How's that for big? All you have to do to get your share of these huge prizes is enter DraftKings' free Super Bowl prediction challenge. Once you submit your picks, you will get a free instant prize up to $25,000. And if you have most predictions correct, you could win the top prize of $1 million. Download the app now, enter the free prediction challenge, answer questions like who will score last, and boom, get ready to make it rain. DraftKings has paid out over $7 billion to its players since 2012, so they know a thing or two about big paydays. Download DraftKings app now and use promo code THPN to enter the free $55 million Super Bowl prediction challenge. Everyone gets an instant prize up to $25,000 just for playing. So use promo code THPN now and enter the free $55 million Super Bowl challenge only at DraftKings, the official daily fantasy partner of Super Bowl 55. Terms, conditions, and eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com. And now, the starting lineup for your Blue Notes podcast. Tom Franklin and the man called Wags. Hello and welcome to Blue Notes. I am one half of your Blue Notes team, Tom Franklin, joined by my teammates, the man called Wags. And we are your home for St. Louis Blues coverage on the Hockey Podcast Network. And that includes expert analysis, whether it's at Enterprise Center. When you're fighting for spots for the playoffs, one or two points could make the difference. And we'll be looking back at games like tonight here at Enterprise Center as lost opportunities. Or at home. Penalties, that was a big, big piece. You know, you're wearing down some of your best players because they're out on the, the ice for so many penalty kill opportunities. Just a complete breakdown. Blues first round pick, Jake Neighbors. Braden Chan texted me and then uh, the head coach, Craig Berube, reached out as well. And um, Ryan O'Reilly as well. And then um, the next day on day two of the draft, uh, Tarasenko FaceTimed me. So uh, that was pretty cool. So. <laughs> and we're the only hockey podcast in the Hockey Podcast Network to have a Hawaiian hockey correspondent. The Hawaii Blues fan, Guy Bensing. In true Dan Kelly fashion, Dan Kelly says, F you, Keaton. I know who's the starting pitcher for game four of the World Series. You damn well know who the starting goalie is for game four of the NHL season. And then walked away. And we have a musician, too. Not only is he responsible for this fat beat you're listening to right now, but he has also performed absolute works of art. And it seems to me you played the game with a candle to your ear. Never wanting to leave the ice when the pain set in. 
So check out Blue Notes wherever you get your podcasts from. New episodes every Monday and Thursday. I'm Tom Franklin reminding you to not be a chump, listen to Blue Notes, and always play to the whistle. A reminder that you can follow Blue Notes on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Blue Notes Pod. I'm the voice of the blues, Tom Calhoun. Hello, you're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network. I'm Corey, a.k.a. Bayou Benders, alongside Mason Dixon, and this is Habs Nightly, your hub for Habs content. He's starting to sound like a radio guy now. I wish. I wish my job was radio. That'd be so sick. Hi, I'm Corey, and you're welcome to K105. <laughs> oh, man, I would love that job. Anyway, uh, the person making fun of me right now while giving me high praise is Mason Dixon. How you doing, bud? I'm doing. How about you? Doing all right, folks. Welcome back to Habs Nightly. Um Let's just let's just let's just get it out the way. We have a we have a guest today, and uh, we'll bring him. We'll be bringing him on shortly. But uh, I just want to get into Basin's problem with Twitter and how he's always starting shit with someone on accident. I don't know what you're talking about. We're talking about dark guy. Dark guy. <laughs> uh, the notorious think, dark guy. I think if Toronto's nickname- very own. If your nickname is fucking Dart Guy, you shouldn't take offense to anything I say on Twitter. The Dart Man. If you don't know who we're talking about, we're talking about that cracked out Maple Leafs fan who was on like TV and shit for having his face planted like a leaf and having a dart in his mouth. And, you know, just kind of with that cracked out energy. I don't mean like actual crack. Which, just- which he can't he can't smoke it. So why is it even why is it even there? What the dart? Yeah. Like yeah, he sits in game with a dart in his mouth. With just a dart in his mouth. But I mean like pretty fucking epic. But anyway, some guy tweeted out It's like the LaCroix or LaCroix or however the fuck you say that shit that spritzer drinks trash of a cigarette, you know what I'm saying? Of of like dipping. I have no idea what you're saying. Um Okay, so down here we have like the super hipster drink that is basically it's carbonated water and that's it with like the hint of a flavor. Do you guys have that? It just there? sounds like a white claw. Okay, perfect. Yo, why didn't I just say white claw? I'm so fucking stupid. So a non-alcoholic white claw. <laughs> white claw. A white claw. <laughs> turn a little French. Uh, so we have this down here and it's called Lacroix or Lacroix, however you want to fucking pronounce it. And it's basically just a non-alcoholic white claw. So I'm saying that having a dart not lit and just just tasting on it the entire time has got to be like the equivalent of a non-alcoholic white claw of tobacco. Like, why would you ever want like a soggy like cigarette in your mouth too? But we're not sorry. We're not even here to chirp this guy. Um, we're here to tell a story. And that story is someone tweeted out, I can't, I won't be able to sleep until I know whatever happened to Dart Guy. And I guess someone commented, I'm pretty sure he's the GM of a junior A 
Which is tight. Uh, which is tight. Team. Yeah, but of it's fucking his nickname's Dart Guy. So I commented, please tell me this is a joke. To which this man sent us Dart Guy's Twitter account. And you could see in the bio that he is, in fact, the general manager of a junior A hockey team, which was all fun and games. You know, that's interesting. Cool. I'm, I'm more knowledgeable now. And then two hours later, there was a curveball thrown into the conversation when Dart Guy himself came in and dropped the bullet of <laughs> what about me makes you think I couldn't be a junior A general manager. <laughs> To which Corey started chirping me, and to which I responded, your nickname is Dart Guy. And thus, a interesting conversation ensued. But we reconciled, and we're now friends. Dart Guy. Friend to Habs Nightly. Legend. I wish I wish Bayou Benders was, was – I wish we had a team that I could be – a general manager of, or like a towel boy of, so I could I could get a legendary status like that. That's sick. I wouldn't paint my face though. That has got to be like just acne central. Like your pores have to just be fucked. But I mean, I guess when you're a general manager, you don't get you don't get two fucks about that. But a uh, dark eye, alive and well. <laughs> Clearly alive and well since i found out that though i was just like i wonder what the name of his team is and does it have anything to do with like tobacco products like give me give me a small toronto town name a small toronto town name, yeah like a greater toronto area like something close to there well he's the gm of the collingwood blues you take you take it you take the fun out of it but i was gonna say like the terry town Sigs, <laughs> I don't know. Like Toronto's, I don't know if there are small towns around Toronto. Toronto just ate all of its small towns. That's why we have the GTA. Grand Theft Auto. Yes, Grand Theft Auto. Lol. Um, let's just move on from Dark Eye. I gotta embarrass him. It's it's I guess it's embarrassing more for like the people around me than for me. I don't give a fuck. I think it's more embarrassing me trying to talk about toronto geography and just being totally ignorant it doesn't matter i i couldn't even find toronto on a map if if it didn't have like any like focal points just because of my u.s education anyway um so i've been at home due to my accident i've been bored you know days kind of like connect together well today i put shorts on and because um, I went to go put the trash out outside and I've had shorts on all day. And um, right before we got on, I went to put my phone in my pocket and I've been wearing these shorts backwards. So the pocket is like swooping in towards my ass, not my front. And it blew my, it blew my mind. I thought like I thought I was wearing like I thought something was wrong. And then I realized that I just was so lazy to not look at the tag and I just threw the shorts on to do my daily chores. So I've been wearing pockets and I've been wearing shorts backwards all day. That was the most like middle-aged suburban dad story. I think you have ever <laughs> told on this podcast. Well, I am 29 now. So I guess that that shit's starting to come. 
I can turn 29. I'm just envious that you're talking about still wearing shorts. LOL. (laughs) It is like a healthy five degrees. Oh, yeah, I forgot. You said it was, he said it was very cold today. And today, it was just like a nice breeze outside. Let's check the weather while I talk about it. I looked outside my window multiple times today during my depression and saw that the wind was blowing very nice. So I opened the door for a bit until Turkey ran outside and didn't respect me enough to, to listen to me. It was a cool 54 degrees today. Humidity 64. Welcome to K105, where we see Corey is slowly turning into a white <laughs> suburban dad. Oh, man. Suburban is this what House at least comes to? Yeah, we got one, about we got one defiant. And the fucking weather. <laughs> We got one defiant ass 18 year old who's just about to get the taste of the real world. And you got a man who's been beat down by it for the past 18 years. <laughs> 10 years. Sorry, I'm not that old. Oh, fuck. Well, I don't, I think this is as good of an introduction as we could give them. <laughs> anyway, uh, we have a guest that's about to join us in a minute, uh, Elijah from stick and rink podcast it's the vancouver podcast of thpn um this dude's a fucking riot um there's many of things that i can't really speak about i i just would suggest giving his podcast a listen a listen he uh runs it with two other hosts they're both equally as funny but we had we had to sit down and chat with him due to us playing today and tomorrow uh, back-to-backs with Vancouver again. We had a great series against them previously. So, But, uh, Mason, let's just um, let's just knock it out. Let's just get to him real quick. All right, folks, uh, we're joined today with uh, Elijah from Stick and Rink, one of our most, uh, I don't know, craziest podcasts, most successful podcasts on the Hockey Podcast Network. Elijah, how are you, bud? I appreciate that shout-out, man. I'm doing well, thanks. I don't know if the word <laughs> successful is out there popular. I mean, Maybe the most off the rails or the one that makes the least amount of sense. We'll definitely take that title. It's one of my favorites by far. I remember just uh, searching around season one and one of the, um, the, one of the episodes I picked up, you guys were just talking about, I don't even know if it would be, it's not elegant, but my man was talking about uh, some kill counts. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We have uh I mean, there's there's a lot of people out there that probably don't like that kind of stuff. But I mean, we, <laughs> I think what we do is funny because we're if if you don't like the cocky douche bro mentality, that's not really us because we're not cool enough to be that anyway. We just act like we are. So if anything, we're the we're the laughable people. You can laugh at us. You don't have to laugh with us. Yeah, I love it. And um, you're part of let's just get this out the way. You're part of the Vancouver Canucks podcast on this network, that's and right. uh, you joined with two other guys. Uh, and I tried to look them up on Twitter. One of them has a removed account yep. i guess banned i think that's, that's tight currently it's a little edge <laughs> he's actually the softest guy on our podcast too it's he has no idea why he's banned like he he, he very even rarely tweeted and i was trying to get him to use his account like raffle come on dude you gotta like you gotta he's get a, some exposure out there and then he's like hey dude i'm banned i don't know why one like, bad tweet like that's legendary that yeah. there's no better way like you can't have a better partner that, no. that's a good repertoire for y'all but anyway let's get into it so um, me and Mason were talking, you know, obviously during our first initial Vancouver trip, it was uh, up until last uh, the last game against Calgary. It was been my favorite games for Montreal, not just because of, of our wins, but uh, I just felt like it was it was the most intense hockey we had played so far. We had played a very 
slow starting Oilers and then Toronto. It's just a more of a penalty fest than what we saw with you guys. But um, I'm excited to see you guys again. We're going to play a back to back Monday and Tuesday. And um, you guys are starting to pick it up. I mean, it must be easy against Ottawa, but you guys are five and five right now. And <laughs> really, after after playing us, you guys have found y'all's rhythm. Yeah, and, and and Corey, at this point, at this point, we're six and five now. We've gotten six another one under five. the box. We took down the Jets last night, four in a row now, six and five. And so, so for you guys, I mean, the last you saw us, the last you heard of the Canucks, you guys were literally bending us over a barrel and spanking us as many times as you wanted. It was not pretty. It was painful. And the ghost of Tyler Toffoli fucked my world up. Like, <laughs> like. Th- uh, for those who don't aren't exposed to the Canucks community, like Canucks community is very hindsight, especially with our GM. We just roast our GM, even though he's a great drafter. And tons of people were just livid at the amount of people that they let go this summer. And of course, Tyler Toffoli, one of the guys that we probably could have pitched an offer to of any any kind. You guys were lucky enough to get a great player at a good price. Comes in and probably single handedly beat the Canucks. Like he could have had me and the rest of my podcast on his line, and you guys still would have won both those games. It was it was horrendous what was going on, but I mean here we are now, right? I'm looking forward to a good series. Um, both teams are finally playing well. It's, the Canadians are are kind of a surprise at this point, hey boys. Uh, I'm just gonna jump in, Corey. Sorry. Go ahead, go ahead, dude. I don't I'll I don't know if they are surprised to some people. I don't know if they're surprised to us though. A lot of people have been saying that, and Corey and I to start the season, we've been saying for a while this team's gonna be good, and in a way, um, it I don't know if you'd see it on the surface. When you look at Vancouver and Montreal, two very similar teams, like we saw Vancouver was struggling when their young star Patterson was struggling. And when the young guy, I think your team goes as far as your young guys do. And we're in the same boat right now. And as of the last few games, our young guys have been clicking on both teams. And I think that's why we see success for both organizations. That's a, that's a great point. I think it, it's tough early in the season to say that you're doing better than expected, worse than expected, or exactly I expected. It's, it's, we're like eight to 11 games in. Um, with the Canadians, you know what? I think the tough part about them is that in the beginning of the season, it was one of the more easy teams to write off just because it's recency bias, right? That's, that's, what, that, that's what affects all Understandable. Of our right? And, it's, and that's why everyone had such a hard time going against the Leafs, even though we all hated on everyone that predicted the Leafs to win the division, and here they are. They're doing pretty damn well. So, and maybe the opposite's true for the Canadians, though. It was one of the more easy teams to bet against, easy teams to say, ah, oh, they'll finish fifth or sixth. And, but they're, they're right. When, when, you're a, when you're a smaller team like the Canadians, but you play with the speed and how fast they play, two, like two very kind of different things, but same kind of thing, they, they come in at you in waves. Like, how many shorthanded goals did we give up in that series? It was insane. And it was yeah. a faster team over and over again. Montreal has as many shorthanded goals as we had the entirety of last year, this year too. Yeah, it's insane. It's ridiculous. What, um, what do you, so let's talk about the the Habs for a second. So maybe for each of you guys, like what's, you can enlighten me on this one. What has been the biggest team attribute that's different this year? Like, what is it? What, it's not one player. Like what, when you look at the team in general, why are you guys five, five wins and whatever else the record is? Well, and I think it's funny you talked about, we say recency bias, and then you talk about our team being small. I think our decor is probably our <laughs> biggest reason because, like, literally, too, our biggest reason because the smallest guy in our top six is six foot tall. Our top four is all six, three and taller. No shit, eh? So tough to play against that. And then when you have the counterattacking ability, like you said, fast forwards, right? 
Yeah. And being able to roll four lines, Julian was talking a couple of days ago, I think it was, saying that he, he had no problem playing Jake Evans against any center in the league. He would not shelter him. So I think that's a strength that when we're talking about, you know, the Leafs, I think we both hate the Leafs enough because their fan base is shitty and annoying. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, like they don't have that depth that we do. Obviously, they have the star power that – Montreal just has lacked for longer than I've fucking been alive. But when you're able to roll four lines, it makes it a lot easier on the coach, makes it a lot easier on the players who get to rest. And, you know, your star guys like Suzuki aren't going to be playing 25 minutes a night, so they're going to be able to capitalize on chances. Otherwise, they may not have been able to. That's a great point. Corey, Corey what do you think? Uh, I don't want to piggyback on it, but uh, I'm just going to say, I guess – uh, for me, I noticed that, you know, we made a lot of acquisitions during the offseason. Um, but I think mainly it's it's through that and and with this this group we have as far as forwards, they all seem like they don't have a problem playing the body now. And I think that's a big turning point for this team, considering that's what everybody expected us to be lacking every season, is that would be pretty much pushovers. And um, with with him, with Mason bringing up uh, Jake Evans, it, it's it's amazing to point out like Jake Evans has been arguably, I, I could say like the second best center on this team right now, just because of, of he, he might not be flashy, might not be getting a lot of goals right now, but um, his play lately has been very intense. He, he has no problem in any situation. I love that. I love that the coach said that he had no problem playing him against anybody. And I think that's just what Jake Evans is bringing. Um, like Mason said, our, 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 defensemen are fucking freaks are just really big joel edmondson as much as i mean even Habs fans were just shitting on him he's been playing really well lately uh plays the body he's not afraid to help ben Sherratt take care of some business as far as fighting and stuff like that but also i'd be remiss if we didn't bring up uh, jake allen right now because it's for the longest time just been the carrie price show featuring whoever and um you know, Carey Price last season didn't get a, a bump until I think his ninth game in a row, whereas Jake Allen came in game two and has been alternating with him. And I think that's just been helping Carey Price. And then Jake Allen's actually been playing very, very well for us right now, including that shitty show that was the, the last Calgary game. But I think Jake Allen stepped up really well right now. And our fourth line has been amazing. I mean, it's a little early, but with number eight, number eight in the league as far as fourth liners. So I'm pretty impressed with us. I think it's just more of tenacity and just the right pieces came to us. Oh, sorry, go sorry. ahead, Mason. Oh, I, if you want to add on to that, I was going to change base a little bit. So I, I was kind of going to change base too, so you can go ahead. Well, I'm looking – so I did some research just looking at some Canucks stats before we got on with you today. And a guy who I have loved for a while, and we talk, we was talking about Philip Deneau being an underrated two-way kind of guy – in Montreal, you've got to be happy with Bo Horvat right now. Uh, it's ecstatic about his play because I think this is true for every team and probably the same reason that Deneau doesn't get the same notoriety that other guys get is that you, you tend to follow the, the star power and the, the, the creativity and, and the offensive side of the game, right? Especially in a, in a young person's career early on, that's all you want to see. You want to see goals, highlight reels, pass, like all these highlight reel plays, whereas – Bo Horvat, he's one of the top face-off guys in the league. He matches up against any top line. I mean, in the playoffs last year, he was huge, and he's off to a great start this year with the early goals. So, I, like, any Canucks fan right now in our community, when we rank our players on, on how good their start was now, 
it might have changed after the last couple games. But early on, it, it was pretty much Bo Horvat was in a class of his own, and then Brock Besser was slowly catching up to him. And we had some struggles in the rest of our team, but but you're right. That, that was probably the only thing that kept us afloat throughout those first six games. If We, we would have been 0-6 without someone like that. Yeah, and you say, like, he's kind of I, – I haven't watched any Canucks hockey the last few days, but still tied for the lead in points with Besser and Hughes. He's been your captain for how many years now? Two? One, two? I think it's two, yeah. We went without a captain for a couple of years after Henrik Sedin left, and uh, then there was a ceremony – yeah, I believe last year now. Yeah, and tw- at 25 years of age, already being a captain for two years, like not everyone's McDavid and gets it three days after they were fucking drafted, right? So <laughs> yeah, exactly, I'd be, right? <laughs> yeah, just, I don't know. I, that's a guy I'm always watching and I expect he'll probably pick it up against the Habs tomorrow. Is it? Yeah, when we play Monday? Yeah, yes. Monday at four o'clock for me, probably I think seven o'clock for you guys. Yeah. And one other guy I want to ask you about, because I've never heard of him until this season, but against the Habs, I heard his name more than any other player on the ice, Tyler Mott. What's the deal Tyler with this Mott. guy? There you go. So this guy, I'll try not to talk too much for, about him because we this entire fan base loves him and who he is. <laughs> um, so as far as I remember in early his career, he bounced around uh, Columbus, Chicago, never really got a shot at any of those places. And we got him through – we traded Thomas Vanek for him at one point, I think in like 2015 or 2016, something like that. Where and... hasn't that guy played it? Eh? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> He's pretty much the Josh McCown of the NHL, man. That guy got <laughs> um, so yeah, Tyler Mock comes here. I imagine he works in the in the minors a little bit. I don't know that part too much, but he kind of bursts on the scene as a fourth liner and just uh, gets his chance on a PK once in a while, gets his chance uh, to shut down here and there, maybe an early, like a second period shutdown role. And then what you see at the end of last year into the playoffs is start scoring big goals. And, and, and I would say Travis green is probably the same as Claude Julian, where when you show him that you can play responsible hockey and give some, some sort of impact on top of that, he's going to give you as many minutes as he possibly can. Like there was, there was games, there was playoff games last year where this guy I think had more minutes than some of our stars. Like it was fucked. I think Tyler Mock got 20 minutes in one game and this guy's never scored more than 10, more than 10 goals in his life. It was like that. I guess that just shows a coaching strategy. But so, and here we are now. This guy's got, I think he's got a couple goals in the season. He had two in a row in our last two games. He's got, yeah, he's uh, got if I'm five not goals. mistaken, five, which is five awesome. goals. Fuck me right five up. Five eh? goals, five points. Good stats, boys. Way to back me up on that one. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So he, he's a stud. I mean, he's, I, I think the ceiling for his career, or at least what he should be utilized in, would probably be a strict, like, at most a third like a third line guy to lean on and in his in his best case scenario is a fourth line that gets a lot of minutes like kind of like a vegas fourth line where they're used a lot for energy yeah i know and he definitely provides it too that guy fuck they called jake evans a little buzzsaw tyler mott's the exact same way what a past no kidding eh? that's yeah that's that's one of our one of our unsung heroes i I would say early season and late last season definitely and I mean, I was looking at your guys' lineup. The Foley thing aside, I would say one of the biggest differences, maybe correct me if I'm wrong, it's got to be Drew Ann and, and Kotkaniemi at least pulling their weight. Like, they're not the guys, but they're at least pulling their weight, right? Oh, yeah. Drew Ann's start to last year. I don't have the stats offhand, but it was like 20 points in 27 games, and then he got injured. Yeah. And we saw him in the playoffs, and we were kind of wondering, you know, Drew Ann's been – 
that guy who you kind of look at and go, if he could just be that good every single night, we've got someone. Yeah. And it looks like we finally got, you know, the real Jonathan Drewen. Not not the third overall pick, Jonathan Drewen, but a 60-point guy, 55-point guy through 82 games who can provide speed and a scoring touch. You know, that's, in the end, that's just going to help strengthen our lineup. And he's been great to start the year. Yeah. And even, um, what was I going to say? I was going to go for the, like, so, they, so and, and what I was saying, how these guys aren't the guys. You got guys like Nick Suzuki, Josh Anderson comes in, and and, and guys like Philip Deneau. I, I think that, that this team is best suited for that. I mean, it's kind of classic Canadian hockey where there's not that star player on there. There's not a there's not a McDavid or anything, but at least you got seven to eight guys or six guys that can be bona fide second, like, very good second line players and just average first line guys, I would say. Yeah, no, I would Suzuki. agree. Suzuki's kind of doing something else with his. He's he's doing a little something else with the puck right now, which is nice. But the other guys I would say are in that category. I think if anyone's gonna, sorry, Corey, I'll let you talk <laughs> after. Um, it's all good. If anyone's gonna be that star guy, though, Suzuki's looking like he has a chance at the plate. He That's is true. fucking phenomenal. Yeah, it's it's a good buzz to have around the team, right? When you got a young guy who just there's no end in sight. For how high you can go, right? Yeah, yeah we, exactly. uh, we had him mic'd up uh, the other day, and uh, he just sounds like he's having fun like the entire time. He's just like cracking jokes and shit. But I guess I guess to get on to what you just said about uh, we don't have like a, a prominent star, uh, it, it's something that's said so common about us. And I mean, in fact, I said it when I was just a guest on this show before I became a co-host. Um, but it's it's true, and I think that gives like a bit of quirkiness. We don't. I mean, we're paying big money for goalies right now, but um, I say we're saving some money in that category. But it reminds me of like when you look at players like Ovi and shit like that, it's like this entire team is made up of the guys that are what helps him get his goals. Like we are just nothing but like we, we have goal scoring talent, but we are legitimate, just assist driven monsters. And I, I'm OK with that. You know, I don't there was a lot of scare with uh, Pierre-Luc Dubois. Maybe this was just me being scared, but, like, I didn't need a – this team doesn't really need a superstar right now. I, I don't see changing it up to get a superstar. Dude, gonna, Dubois, superstar, though? I don't know. Maybe it's, it's the weird. Francophones. He's, he's, right, he's, he's right on the on the, on the the edge, I would say. He's, he's, he's close to it. I mean, he's a star, but superstar, I don't know if he's quite there. You I, guys – you guys got to be happy with line a being out of the west now for next year though right i'd be so pleased it's weird i was i was trying to i was messaging out to the winnipeg guys about that just saying that because yeah i guess line a we we've struggled against the jets in general for for a long time i think we were like one in 14 in last 15 games before last night but i i don't see it as anything different for the canucks i mean line is a great player dubois a great player if anything they didn't really burn us too much with that combination, but I could see two like Shifley and Dubois coming at you one, two. That's I, if you're going up against Pedersen and Horvat, I don't know if I can give the edge on paper to Vancouver there. So that, yeah. that, that kind of scares me a little bit. Yeah. That, that will be painful for sure. Like that Winnipeg top six, it was talk about Toronto's They're They've got to be right there with them, right? Like yeah. Toronto's Toronto, but that Winnipeg top six is fucking scary. Yeah, a little bit older, but definitely a little bit more experienced. What um, I got a question for you guys here. So let's say on Monday, four o'clock, seven o'clock rolls around for you guys. So we're hitting seven twenty puck drops. 
Uh, puck goes to the board. Nick Suzuki comes down, and then good old Tyler Myers comes down with a big hit. What's the reaction? <laughs> are, we, are we not happy? We, oh, my God. <laughs> do, you think, do, you think do you think we'd have a civil war on our hands meeting he, in the West somewhere in Saskatchewan? He I'm, could I'm, decapitate him, and I'm convinced the Department of Player Safety would take it as a good hit at this point. <laughs> Yeah, oh, I, I feel for Tyler Myers a little bit because I'm also a tall guy. I'm like 6'4". I don't play a ton of hockey. But just in general, like when you when you play against shorter than average people or even just average sized people, it's fucked how you have to compensate sometimes to not look like a giant D-bag. Like even if it's in basketball, if you're just having a fun game, like you can't try as hard as you want to because you don't want to show up the short guy or you don't want to hit as hard because you're like, fuck, <laughs> my head is at like or my shoulder is really on his head right now. So, I yeah, mean, I feel for them a little bit. I feel the same way. I'm not as nowhere near as tall as you. I'm 6'1-ish. Yeah. But I play soccer, so everyone's a midget. Yeah, so that's tall in soccer. <laughs> yeah. But <laughs> I I don't know if you saw uh, last night Dylan Dubé killed KK with a hedge. Yeah, I saw, I saw that. That was a weird-looking hit for sure. And I'm just – I want to know because in that Vancouver series especially – I don't even think it was a bias. It's just the refs had the whistle in their mouth a hell of a lot. Yeah, for both teams. I remember tweeting about that. It was it was crazy. Some of the calls going both ways. Yeah, and has that continued since like the season's gone on for Vancouver? Because we definitely noticed again in Calgary. Just yeah, I tweeted out. I don't know what five on five hockey is anymore. Yeah, it's true, dude. I think the refs are. This is their training camp still because they're definitely getting used to the whistles. Like I. The same thing happened in Winnipeg last night. There was a couple of calls that went both ways. And I think they were both holding calls. And we were like, what? I'm like, what? <laughs> both ways? I don't get that. But it seems like – I'm not going to say I'm okay with it, but the trend seems to always go with the NHL. That as the season goes farther along, once you get into playoffs, the whistles tend to go away more. I just – I don't like those games where it's 8-2 to two for the power plays and, and they, fucked, they fucked up by missing two calls. Like those, those games kind of – it puts a damper on it for sure. But – if I didn't like you guys, I'd be chirping you so much when the calls go our way. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay, um, but no, you're you're right though. Uh, we counted after uh, after our series together, we had ninety, I want to say ninety four, ninety six penalty minutes combined in our three games together, and that, and that's that is a little fucking intense. That's a whole game. Correct. Yeah, correct. Come on, <laughs> <laughs> you nailed. It. That's more than a whole game. That's like a game and a half. Well, I think is um, – so we got you guys tomorrow for a two-game set. Now, one uh, the last question I got for you guys, kind of give my list of some information too, is one of the thoughts around the Canadians right now is they can't sustain this. Now, maybe give me the main reason why they're going to sustain success and finish number two in the, the Scotiabank North Division. Oh, man. <laughs> they have like a journalist degree, bro? No, I, <laughs> I got a joint. I mean, that works. Doesn't it? it works the same way, doesn't it? <laughs> Hell yeah. Now, I said I said previously on our previous episode that I was kind of worried that, you know, I know what the Habs are capable of. I know, you know, we, we tend to fall after we, we look good. So I'm, you know, just being honest, like I, I'm nervous. Uh, I'm nervous for that collapse to happen as it always does. And I th- I think that it's going to be injuries this year. I don't think it's going to be like a lack of playing really so much. Um, but I think if anything that saves us is that just some of the acquisitions we made that are 
you know, like we still got Fro Leak who might make an appearance uh, tomorrow against you guys, um, depending on Anderson's situation. But I just think by just just bringing in a couple of these guys at, at such a, a very cheap, you know, a very cheap contract for one year is going to help us move around. I think Corey Perry has been has been pretty much a, a godsend for us after what happened to Armia. Um, I, I'm just. I'm just hoping that, you know, a couple of these guys that we have sitting around this taxi squad really helps us continue as long as it doesn't really break apart our main foundation of players that we have, like our main roster guys. Yeah, injuries injuries are definitely a tough one to look at and say we'll be good for. I don't think any team really looks at it and say we can survive it, but it's just who steps up, right? Who can fill yeah. the void, I guess. Mason, I what do you think? Well, I'm just like I I do agree with what Corey's saying there too, but in a weird way too, it sounds kind of backwards. But we've got guys slumping right now too. We've got Gallagher who only has three goals, and like Gallagher has five points, two assists. But Galley's not an assist guy. He'll finish with forty points and ten assists, right? So it's a little yeah. bit of a slump for him. Dano has actually had a horrible start to the year. He's only got three assists, and I think like two of them are secondary. Um, but you know, maybe that'd be a good role for him, though. Like, if 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 the points go down and the other guys pick up the slack on your one and two lines, or even just wingers on the one and two, maybe this guy can shut down an, a, a Patterson, right? Oh yeah, and I think that's what most of his game is. But what I'm saying is, I love that these guys are slumping now, yeah. and I think it speaks to the depth of this team because when Toffoli eventually cools off, he's not gonna score a point per Fucking game this year. Tyler Myers coming at him soon. Yeah. <laughs> um, hitman after him. <laughs> maybe we can have Dano and Gallagher step up a little bit, KK step up a little bit. And I think yeah. the the depth scoring is what's gonna get this team into a top three finish in this division because Toronto, Matthew stopped scoring and Tavares stopped scoring at the same time. Where are they? Right? Like yeah. I don't know. It's true. I, that is something different I have noticed this season, at least. It's just we've been high scoring, and, and it's been all over the place. And I think that's really what's, like Mason saying, is going to save us this season is that we're just going to be able to find the back of the net, not with just the regular guys. We don't have to lean on them and pray that they're having a, a, the game that they need to have, you know. Yeah, well, only five guys on this team haven't scored, and two of them are goalies. Damn, that's way to, way to include those guys in the stats. Yeah, <laughs> that makes that makes it sound that makes the stat sound worse. But then you throw it in and say it's two of them are goalies. That works out. Well, in years past, it almost seemed like Carey Price had to score goals for us to win. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> it was a challenge to see three goals in a Canadians game. Yeah. But, oh man. I, okay. I, I guess we got the series coming up, man. I'm a betting guy, but you'll see me on DraftKings loading up on Canucks. You'll see me loading up on Canucks puck line. I'll be doing my dirty work. Hopefully it turns out for me. As you should. But yeah, let's uh let's wrap this up. We know you're a busy man. Why don't you plug away whatever, you know, whatever you whatever you're doing other than stick a rink or or just stick a rink, it doesn't matter. You well, I got one joint. more question <laughs> before we do that. Hit me with, hit me with the last question, Mason. I just want to know who your X factor is on Monday. Who's going to give it to the Habs? It's probably the Canucks, eh? Yeah, on the Canucks, who's going to if they're going to win? Who's going to give it to the Habs? You know what I'm going to say? I'm going to say every defenseman except for Quinn Hughes. He, well, <laughs> maybe even Quinn Hughes in this one because I don't know what it was. It seemed like 
there was a magnet in the puck and all of our players had them in their shin pads too. Cause like how many clear breakaways did you guys have five on five or two on ones, like insanely great a chances. So the, the X factor that I'm looking for, I know you're usually looking for one player, but I'm going with the bottom five defensemen on the Canucks to finally play some defense against the Canadians. I think that will happen. No, I think that's a good take. Edler too. I thought he was kind of invisible against the Habs and he's yeah. usually pretty steady. So, yeah, I think his arthritis was acting up. He's about 55 now, so Jeez. that tends to happen right around then. But, I mean, it, it was also – I mean, what? It was our fourth game was was the beginning of, you know, meeting you guys. I mean, people were hard on Elias uh, Peterson and shit, but, I mean, it's it's the start of the season. I, I'm, I'm not too upset, but I'm surprised you didn't say uh, Hoglander with a hat trick again. Yeah, <laughs> that would be nice. <laughs> I'm into that. Give to Foley a taste of his own medicine that – dirty Tyler we got the better one (laughs) (laughs) other stuff I got going on nothing really I'm a betting man you guys can find me on Twitter at Elijah Needham I think and also we're pretty active on Twitter at stick and ring podcast we like to to tweet some bullshit and stir the pot once in a while so if you like some engagement and you want to hear just some some asshole takes or some sarcasm just come visit us We'll, we'll supply well man it's been an absolute pleasure having you on and um I mean, this has been my favorite series so far this season is against you guys. And, uh, man, I hope you guys' success. I picked you all as number one uh, in this division. So I'm, I'm hoping yeah. you guys fucking Thank go you. somewhere. Thank yeah, you. Was Actually, awesome. Corey, I got one last question for you. All right, buddy. What can, what can I do being a soft little Canadian boy? How can I enjoy this Canucks and Canadians game in a New Orleans kind of style? Like what's maybe <laughs> a drink I can make? What's a, what's a food dish that i can make for the game like what do you think oh my god um <laughs> how can i spice it up louisiana style well it's the game's on a monday so you would have to start literally like right now um why don't you go ahead and make some red <laughs> beans and rice um that would be a good start it's something super easy to make it just takes a shitload it, it just takes a long time basically you would make it on a sunday to be prepared and eaten on monday because you were doing all your clothes, you were doing all your laundry on Sundays. It's an old New Orleans thing. So you had red beans on Monday because you didn't want to do shit after that. <laughs> That's um, actually such a good answer. But go ahead and make that because, dude, there's nothing better than getting just absolutely ripped and just eating Crushing red beans, beans and, rice. and rice. Fuck yeah, dude. Yeah. You're, Maybe you're, I'll do, I might do blue beans and rice. I might do navy beans and rice. What, whatever whatever floats your boat. Just uh, I would just let partners friends know like you're gassing it you know like oh yeah <laughs> watch watch your team get beat by the toilet seats and then spend the, spend the next two hours on one so i, I can see that happen. rooting tooting but uh <laughs> man it's been an absolute pleasure Lost thanks fellas <laughs> appreciate it all right we'll talk soon all right buddy thank you well that was a great chat with elijah appreciate him coming on <laughs> um yeah i'm excited to see what happens in that vancouver series i believe it's going to be a good one, Montreal and Vancouver. As you mentioned a few times when we were chatting with him, it has been really fun to watch. I like the idea of that Elijah brought up that, you know, the big X factor that the Canucks might have and, you know, they might need for them to win is their defense. Um, I didn't really think about it at the time, but thinking back, yeah, there were probably a lot of opportunities where their defense kind of shit the bed a little bit in that series. And here's to hope and Montreal can come off a tough loss to Calgary, which we're soon to talk about right after this little spiel and uh, really take that not momentum, but maybe lack thereof and use it as mo- motivation to bitch spat, bitch.
Bitch smack? Bitch there slap. Go. There you go. The uh, Vancouver Canucks again. Had a couple of LaCroix. I hear you. Anyway. Yeah, non-alcoholic drinks. Yeah, getting lit. Over my get, getting lit, fam. Um, we might as well just get into Calgary. Uh, before that, let's just uh, – there's no – I haven't seen any new news about Anderson. Um, I don't know if you had seen anything prior to us jumping on and recording today. Um, not going to lie. I'm fucking scared. I'm scared that it, there's not a lot. There's there's whispers about a groin injury that I remember from after the game. Um, or maybe not an injury, but just a flare-up. With who, sorry? With uh, Josh Anderson exiting the game. Oh, you. You have not been listening to your Habs news lately have you bud uh I literally have been just yesterday I kind of took a break from social media so what's going on okay well uh Josh Anderson has the has food poisoning and thank Jesus got taken out of the game due to COVID regulations (laughs) he's tested negative twice and our boy Corey needs to uh keep a little more updated on his Habs news well, dude, in the someone, future, instead someone... of terrifying <laughs> these poor Habs fans into thinking Josh Anderson has a torn groin, I don't it's, know where you spice, pulled that Spicing out. it up. Spicing it up. Habs Twitter. They were all speaking on a, a, a groin injury. <laughs> uh, he's uh, He had food poisoning. He's fine. He'll probably be, probably be in lineup for Vancouver, I would guess, unless something really unexpected comes about. Have you ever had food poisoning? I have, in fact, had food poisoning. Dude, miserable. You're from New Orleans, so I guarantee you've had food poisoning. I'm going to let you know, the only time I've really severely had it was when I was on that Biloxi trip where I threw up all over myself for my friend's bachelor party that we talked about, like, a couple months back. Oh, okay. So, but that, I was so fucked up that I know it intensified it, but that was the worst. And I can't imagine trying to play at least 25 minutes while thinking about this shit and throw up. I've had food poisoning really bad once. And it was from, believe it or not, from Wings at a restaurant called Wing House. Not that surprised. Was in a stri- that was in a strip mall. Not surprised. I used to work for a place that sold Wings. Yeah. Let me tell you. That is that is like taking, that's like mixing shots, mixing different types of liquor. But uh, let's let's just get into it. Sorry about the Anderson scare. Sorry about that. You but, should uh, be sorry. <laughs> sorry, I I was yawning. Yawning. I could yeah. hear. It. I hope they I don't. apologize. <laughs> it was so faint. It was like a little. Cat. I was trying to. I was like leaning back in my chair, trying not to get it caught in the microphone. But yeah, you should be sorry. Trying trying to terrify these poor people. Um, you should be sorry. To Josh Dude, Anderson too for you know. forever sorry because I'm always doing something stupid so I mean it just kind of kind of comes with it uh, kind of comes with the Bayou Benders package just all around ignorance but this episode um, has been all over the place <laughs> we're just throwing darts baby yeah, um, but yeah. and I will, I'll, I'll, before we begin I'll apologize for my yawning I'm a little tired I've been doing a bunch of fucking schoolwork all day and well not just that you've been overworked fucking messaged me and we work is work and we're not going to complain about work but 
thought it was like Thursday. I I have no concept of them anymore. And you sound like an old yeah. So here we are. Oh um, man. You know what? Let's talk about that. You <laughs> you have a concept of time since COVID started? No, it's terrible. Like like you you're acting like the last forty six days, especially you've been off work, you haven't just rolled out of bed at like eleven thirty <laughs> in the morning and just kind of not done anything and just kind of sat there and gone like oh fuck i i hope i wonder what day it is and then you look at your your fucking calendar and it's like wednesday and you thought it was friday you haven't done that yet i have all i do is like (laughs) like yoga and stuff to help my back and go to my doctor's appointment so the only days that i really know what day it is is mondays and tuesdays but um Let's just the only reason I brought up the overwork is because the the home opener you couldn't even watch because you had to work. And I think that that's bullshit. That's not fair to you. They don't know about this second job. I know how un- inconsiderate of them. I'm going to schedule me. I'm going to find with location you're at and I'm going to raise hell. We should, not we not about to, you because I ain't getting you fired. Just be like, try, try and sue McDonald's. <laughs> no, I'm we'll pretty good on that. Pretty pretty fucking. I'm not getting the. <laughs> I'm not getting the Ronald McDonald two two piece. Um, you come into the courthouse and it's just fucking Ronald in a suit. You know you're gonna lose. That dude would never dress in a suit. Let's just be honest. He's coming full clown. What would Look a clown? A, what would a clown suit look like? They like not a cl- what like he's not wearing. A, no, like not a clown suit, like a clown suit. Same color scheme with like patches. I see. I was just imagining Don Cherry. That's rude. Because that man's just a clown. That's fucked. <laughs> I'm just trying to talk about the, the home opener and you're trying to start shit. You're so young. So young. You were old just moments ago and now you're back to being young. <laughs> Your points. You're all over the place, dude. I am. I'm tired. You're, you know, spe- I'm- you're all over the spectrum, buddy. Well, look, these people are in for a fucking treat. Let's just give them the re- the recap. So Mason couldn't watch the home opener. It's fucked up as fucked up as it is. It's not fair to him, but I was, you know, sadly, I was off to watch it. Um, but it was amazing. The beginning festivities, I guess, because there's no fans there. So the online festivities was really nice. They had, um, a lot of doctors and any any one of that type of caliber nurses and shit uh, got to call out the Hab, you know the Habs uh, team, and when they called Brendan Gallagher, they added extra applause, and this dude had the biggest smile on his face, and like in that moment, you knew he was gonna have a good fucking game, and sure enough, you know we win this game four two should have been four nothing. We'll talk about that in a second. Brendan Gallagher opens it up and immediately takes that, that, I don't know, he just seems like home openers are like his favorite day of the year. He just always looks super excited. But it was a great game for us. We came out flying two goals in the first period. Um, Face-offs for once, we were doing good. We split it 50-50 down the middle against this Flames team who just came off of two losses against Toronto. Um we were very well on the power play. That's a, uh, we got two out of three. Um, our penalty minutes are 
starting to rise again. But if I'm if I'm being honest, it kind of sounded like the same guy from Vancouver. So I don't know if it's a if it's a different group traveling in or out, but um, we had a really good game. I mean, scored four times, uh, two two in the first, two in the second. Um, <laughs> Tyler Toffoli with his second shorthanded goal. Josh Anderson and Shea Weber, along with Brendan Gallagher, were our goal scorers. But uh, we were just like power play executioners, and. I don't know. Uh, will Tyler Toffoli like really slow down? And now granted, we're going to get into the second game where we both got to watch where we didn't get any, we didn't get any offense. We, we tried, but we didn't, but this game, we got Mark Strunt. That dude is something else. And I can't wait to get into it. But um, the third period of, of, of game of our home opener, um, it was going our way. The, the two goals were kind of, uh, I mean, the second one only came because of the power play because we tried to challenge the final, the, the the goal that went in because we were trying to give Carey Price his, if I'm not mistaken, what, 50, 49th, 50th um, shutout. Excuse me. I was yawning. Um, but all in all, it was a good game. Uh, some really nice hits. KK had a big hit on, uh, I think his name's Rasmus Anderson. Big hit yeah, that up, did. upon the wall. Dude, just leveled them. So, I mean, relatively, I, there was nothing really to complain about that game. Kulak came out really, really, really well in that game. Romanov looked really good. I'm trying to think of the play, but the fourth line looked phenomenal. And I've, I've said this just about every game of, of this season so far. The fourth line was really on something in game one. But let's just go to game two. That way Mason could get a a breath in because he got to at least watch that one. I'm glad you gave me the most boring game of <laughs> all season. You gave you were gracious enough to bless me with the opportunity of talking about something that just was so riveting and really just got my emotions going from puck drop. But no, uh what what a fucking boring game and Montreal, for like I said, lack of a better term, got Markstrumed. Uh, when you run to a goalie like that, it's hard. You're you're gonna be hard pressed to score, especially when he's playing like that. And when you're constantly playing a man down, it's a little tough too. Yeah, we had it. It was a little tough. We racked up 16 minutes in penalties. Yeah, and it wasn't just us. It was Calgary got some softies too. We, as usual, got the worst of it because I genuinely think the refs fucking hate Montreal. And I don't know if Claude Julian or like one of the players like just slept with one of the like senior refs' wives or something, but they fucking hate us. They seem to be out to get us. Or or maybe maybe it was George Peros. Maybe George Peros, his wife, got fucked. I don't know. But... That's, you know, infuriating in its own way. And I'm not going to talk as much about the refs because I just think it was a bunch of soft calls on either end. Um, I really just want five on five hockey. And we talked about it with Elijah. It's just, it, I'm getting tired of the refs being this involved in every single game, even in the fucking face-offs. There was one sequence where it took like two minutes to drop the puck. It's a face-off. Oh, yeah, because Gallagher. Yeah. 
Just drop the fucking puck. No one cares. And he wants he wants a he wants a clean draw. Can't, can't if you want to separate be, them once it can't or be twice, a button in a heavy oh, game. Fuck. <laughs> the NHL needs to step in though, because it in terms of viewership too, fans don't want to fucking see that. No, if I'm being honest, if I'm that ref and they're still doing that, dude, it's time to bring in like, all right, swap left wings come in you know like or just fucking drop the puck and say it's a face-off in the neutral zone it doesn't fucking matter it was just a tough game in general uh i mean one point that kind of aggravated me just from watching it on television like the rest of the fucking world Corey, jesus um is that there was a little scrum along the boards and they just throw the fucking a ram ad like we're not supposed to see oh, the I violence know. of the fucking game. Sportsnet has the hat. You know what? I'm not going to try and ruin a fucking future career opportunity in Sportsnet because I wouldn't, <laughs> because you know what? I don't want to work for a trash fucking broadcast like that. If I ever had go anywhere in broadcast or anything, it'll be with TSN because fuck Sportsnet. Holy shit. They've been awful this year. And my God, was that coverage last night the worst? Gary Galley. Writer. Writer. <laughs> I have defended that guy for years. I have always thought he was below average, but I've never hated on him. Oh, my God. Shut the fuck up. First, his name is Tyler Toffoli. Michael Ryder hasn't played with us for over a decade. Two, when a guy hits another guy, in the face from his blind side with an elbow. And this one goes out to you too, George Peros, Department of Player Safety, my ass. I think you took a few too many blows to the head, so now you just can't comprehend what one is. It's a fucking cheap shot. It's a penalty, and it's a suspension. Gary Galley can't fucking see it, apparently. Calling that, what do you call it? Like a good hit or something? It's a, it a, it a good, clean hit, something like that. And apparently... Like the fucking the, old, old-time hockey hit. Like. Department of player safety, my ass. Department of sit on my ass and do nothing. Like, why does the NHL insist on employing these former washed-up bruisers, these goons, to be the head of their, their safety? Like, fuck, we might as well put Matt Cook in charge at this rate. We'd probably see just as much done. By that, I mean nothing. When when are we going to start doing what we're saying? We're saying we want to take these cheap shots. We want to take these headshots out of hockey. We want to focus more on skill, okay? So they've eliminated fighting from the game, essentially. They, they so much so that Sportsnet, when, like you said, when there's a scrum, they always go to commercial. Do you think that's a coincidence? They don't want our fucking eyes to see such viciousness. Kids, so, kids can't see the violence of the game. Yeah, like whatever. Think of the children. But if you're going to take fighting out of hockey, you've got to step up on the suspensions because now you've taken accountability out of hockey. What's going to stop Matthew Kachuk from jumping on Jack Campbell? Nothing. Because you know what? He did get his ass kicked. It was a game later against Montreal. Toronto didn't do anything. And that's 
Toronto's fault. That's that's too. Toronto. But come on, you've taken fighting out of hockey. You're allowing these guys to go out and hit your young stars. Yasperi Kakinyemi is going to be one of the faces of one of the biggest franchises, if not the biggest in your sport. And you're not protecting him. You can't even... Like, I just don't know where we are in our in, at, in hockey anymore. Is that hit acceptable or is it not? If it's acceptable, okay, I can play ball. But if it's acceptable, I'm going to let my fucking big-ass boys on the back end, Ben Sherratt and Joel Edmondson, throw some haymakers and beat the shit out of you for it. If it's not acceptable, okay, we're not going to do anything, but you better. So what do they want from, from NHL teams? What do they want from the players? Because it's ridiculous. And as a player, a skilled player especially, do I feel safe going out there and trying to make these hyper-skilled plays through the neutral zone, behind the net, and knowing that I could get decapitated and nothing's going to happen? Because when it happened in the fucking 80s and the 90s, guys expected it. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Guys didn't go through the neutral zone with their head down because they knew they would get killed. Well, these young guys coming up, they're not, that's not the way they've gone through hockey. There's not, there's not that mentality that you're going to get decapitated going across the blue line. But I think we're seeing it more and more now. And obviously I'm a little, my opinion's a little jaded because I watch Habs games and we've been seeing it. Well, uh, just to, just to no mean to cut you off. It's like, it no, just seems ahead. like, it just seems like, uh, like players that grew up like Tom Wilson and the Kachok brothers and all these, you know, whoever else is, is a heavy hitter. They, it, it seems like they grew up with the advantage, you know, like they got taught the old school way. And because now everything's such a fine line, you know, uh, just air quotations everywhere on that one. It's just a, it's just a fine line of, of what's in good taste of hockey. It's either you allow people to start throwing the body ridiculous again, or you turn it into soccer or a softer sport like basketball and you let it be done. But it's like the kids who grew up playing banged up hockey, like, like Gallagher, like he doesn't throw the body like that, but like he's, accustomed to that type of play younger guys kk suzuki you know all these this new wave this this next generation is not used to that and guess what they're at a disadvantage because the nhl and sorry the players association the 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 department and shit they're not taking responsibility for for bad hits now call it what you want if you don't call that one a bad hit that's fine but there's going to be a bad hit and it's not going to get called because it's too close to the, to the line of, of decent hit or bad hit. So they'd rather not call it because then you got to call them all. You can't call them all because we're already calling too many penalties in a game. And you know what I hate the most though, is these fucking just cowardly explanations we see from the department of player safety. Let's clean it. Oh, the primary point of contact. Shut the fuck up. Did he hit the head or not? Yes. Okay. It's a headshot. 
or it, he was unable to don't line up for a dangerous hit then. I think truthfully, they should have someone like Paul Correa be like the extra person. So he can't be just the only one in charge, like someone who got destroyed by these gruesome hits and someone who laid the body so much that their head could be like a pudding, you know? No, George Peros wasn't out there enough to lay the body. But he st- took one step off the bench, got in a fight, and that was his fucking shift for the game. <laughs> like, don't get me wrong. Would George Peros fucking demolish me in a hockey game? Yeah. No shot. He made the NHL. But he is not an he was not an NHL player, okay? He was, let's call him what he was. He was a goon. He was six foot six. Went out there, punched people. That's how he made his career. That's how he made his money. That is not what you say hockey is anymore. And that is not me because we have talked a lot. I am a big advocate for fighting being in hockey. I think it is a part of the game. I think it's an important part of the game. But you, Gary Bettman, you as the commissioner of the league and the rest of the other, the owners, etc., you have told us that is not part of the game anymore. The game is speed. The game is skill. So why the fuck is the leader of the Department of Player Safety in a league that you have said is about skill and speed a player who never once had anything to do with that league? You know what I mean? He didn't have any of those qualities. He played a totally different game. You could say that guy was basically a wrestler. Like, he he wasn't a hockey player. If you're defining a hockey player as what we have defined it as now, George Paris wasn't. He wasn't one. He wouldn't have made the AHL now. So it's just ridiculous to me that you have placed this guy as your head of player safety. I think another good point on it, right, is that if this game's evolved past that and I love that era, I don't like calling people a goon and shit, but like that, the enforcer role was big in that time. But if the, if the, if the era of this game is no longer accepting that, why have the person in charge be from that era that did that type of shit? Because how is it? I'm not, I'm not saying it's biased, but this dude played the game this way. So I feel like it's got to be hard for him to even judge. I don't know if that's clean because back in my day, I'd fucking do worse. That's my point. So you need like a Johnny Gaudreau. Like you need you, you need a relatively young guy that played this era, this new Gary Bettman speed hockey out there. He needs to be the one to have that. I, I don't, I'm not saying get okay, rid of arrows, but he, his – go ahead. Sorry, and I, I don't mean to interject. I just – we have – referees there to officiate the game and tell us what is safe what is not why the fuck is there not a retired ref as the leader of player safety why is it a player because you know what if you played any sport and you've you you never think you're at fault for the penalty or the call ever Mm -hmm. so i don't even think a player is the best person because true like you're saying the ref can't tell you A ref who has officiated, let's say, 1,200 games doesn't know when a guy's intent is to injure. He's seen it all. He knows when a guy is trying to hurt someone. 
He knows when a guy's not trying to hurt someone. He has been around hockey more than most NHL players because most NHL players play like 400 games. How many, I'm curious, how many games did George Peros actually fucking play? I bet you it wasn't that many. And the other thing I hated from last night and this morning, not even just the explanation from the Department of Player Safety, but what Sportsnet did last night when talking about it was so cowardly. They throw Cassie fucking Campbell in to explain everything that's going on with the hick hit and the rest of them are just quiet she is a for the most part a very new analyst and she didn't play in the nhl you guys have all played in the nhl Ron mcclain you were a fucking ref and she has to go out there and explain what happened explain the rule book and try to explain i just hated it and i might be nothing to me i'm a little worked up right now clearly mm. but it just it seemed cowardly to me while you're making her struggle to explain why there was no call and why this is happening, this and that. And you guys are just sitting back. It's just, it's, I don't know. It bothered me, to say the least. A lot of things from that coverage did. And I think a lot of my anger stems from Gary Galley's comments. But last night was not a good night for the NHL. And it definitely, like, if I had any remainder of faith left in the department of player safety it is gone it, it's toast i i have no faith in their ability to protect players let alone montreal canadian like just anyone and if i'm an nhl player if i'm an nhl coach i'm i'm starting to take shit into my own hands because this is getting ridiculous how many times are we going to let this go until someone gets seriously hurt because armia's out KK's fine. He's no worse for wear. But do we want to see another Paul Korea? You brought him up. Like, I just don't. We we should probably move on, but I just don't. I don't see how this is sustainable. Get someone like Wes McCauley to, to fucking to head it. Like, that's what I, I, mean, I, like, I like. I like your that. statement to have a ref do it. I think that's smart. We've gone pretty fucking long, I'm not going to lie, uh, include an interview. I think we're about to wrap it up. I just have uh, two more things to say about that previous game. Um, sorry that I gave you the shitty one. You did watch it, though. Um, it was tough. I think it was just tough all around. We just didn't have the momentum. Jake Allen played an incredible game. Shout out to fucking Tom from Blue Notes who said that you know, if he if he gets jitters, he he gets he's off. He he wasn't off. He's the only reason this game wasn't five nothing. So kudos to Jake Allen to just proving that he's he can stand with this team. This was a, it was a great opportunity for for him to play, and I wish it would have been under better circumstances. I think other than us not being able to find the back of the neck, getting Markstrom, um, our hitting was horrendous. After that KK hit should have been the tempo swing. Like we should have came in and hit, hit. We, we should have just played the body more. If we're not getting anything through then defense and, and gritty hockey needs to be the way to win this game. Uh, we were out hit 20, uh, 17 to 23. Another big factor blocked fucking shots for the flames. So it, sometimes they didn't even make it to Markstrom because Fucking Flames guys, there was one moment in the game where there was two Flames players on the fucking bench 
just hurting, severely hurting. One got hit by Shea Weber. I don't remember what happened to the other one, but both of them just in immense pain. Blocking shots. They had 22 block shots to our nine. Granted, I'm not expecting Canadians to fucking to get out there and, and die on the seventh game, eighth game of the season. But fuck, dude, like, if you know they're going to fall, we have got to find a way to, to, to move the puck around. That was another big problem. We would just – we just look, we just look, it was an off night, and I hope that is just the end of it. And uh, let's also consider like Hab's Twitter was up in arms over this defeat. A lot of people calling out Deneau, who has offensively had a poor start to the year, but defensively has still looked stellar, in my opinion, and just kind of panicking over the Habs. Rough start. We lost, I mean, it's, this our is fir- a- it's our first regulation loss. Not just that, it's, it's, Beginning of the season, it's not even a regular season. There's so much going on that's different from a regular season. I'm not going to beat down on a player who's seven games in is is just getting to where he needs to be. He had an off night. Basically, the, the team just, had the fucking off night. But I don't understand this overreaction we're seeing and hearing. We've played nine games and only lost one of them in regulation. Coming into this game, we had 12 of 14 available points. My math might be a little wrong, but is that that's like an 83%, 84%? Don't ask percentage. me fucking math. I just know it was very good. I can just comment. Very good. That was very good. Yeah, take that over <laughs> a full NHL season. You're you've had a fucking phenomenal year. I just think I think I think. You have people you have in the news right now in Habs media, you're hearing things about the no. We're not sure what's going on, you know, like the longevity of the no stay here. Sounds like it's an easy fucking target for Habs fans to put the blame. It's Jonathan Drew Ant's playing good. Well, who's the next target? Is it gonna be Mete? You know, rumors for Mete. Is it gonna be Dano? Poor, poor start. Is it going to be – I heard a lot of um, Paul Byron had great, great chances. Terrible fucking choices, though. Shot, you know, shot choices. Um, this is a bad game. It's still the beginning. And I, I think it's it, – we're just being too critical of a team that has is, is played beyond our expectations. So uh, this is a good long one, I'm not going to lie. And we had our first guest of the season. So, uh, folks – Thank y'all so much. This has been Habs Nightly. Please follow us on Twitter at Habs Nightly and Bayou Henders. And go Habs. You guys have a great night. You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network on Twitter at HockeyPodNet. New episodes every Monday and Thursday. Download at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from.